welcome to Mastering Aligners with your host, Dr. Arnold. We will be discussing aligners with guests, how to make aligners profitable, how to get predictable results with aligners, and how to give your patients that five-star experience, that five-star patient journey when it comes to aligners. So today, again, as always, I'm here with Dr. Arnold. How are you yeah. doing, Arnold? All good, all good. Currently in London. So, um, yeah, exploring. Exploring where? We're on a road trip. Boys road trip. <laughs> good, good. So, uh, today what we wanted to talk about is really go through some of the things that stop uh, you from being able uh, to get the, the kind of clients that you want. And the, the roadblocks, basically, when clients or patients, rather, are trying to come to you. Um, and we'll go through different stages that people will go through. Uh, before they become a patient of the practice. Now, we can start with the first one when they're a stranger. So do you want to touch on that one? Yes, this is just the fact that, you know, you know all about your clinic, your practice, but that doesn't mean that everybody else in your town, in your city, knows that you even exist. So there has to be something that raises awareness um, of your clinic and where it is. and you know, this is where having signage obviously up on your shop front um, and having your clinic actually ranking on Google, having it on Google Maps, because what people do is they, they type in dentist near me, Invisalign dentist near me, implant dentist near me, are you showing up? So I'd say awareness um, both online and in physical locations as well. Um, that's something to consider to yeah. begin with. Yeah, and, and it's very important to understand that when someone doesn't know who you are, it's it's like, you know, if you were trying to date a girl mm. and, and you meet her, you don't know who they are, you know, they are from Adam mm. and you're asking them to marry them straight away. No, yeah. firstly, you have to be subtle about the way you, you, you start building awareness. Yeah. It might not be, oh, come here and have the treatment tomorrow. Yeah. It's, oh, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Yes. Would you like to take the step, the, the next step, or so that that could be in a girl situation. Hi, you know, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you come around here often? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, you take it a bit more subtly because they don't know who you are yeah. at this stage. And what I've found in my case that helps is getting more involved with the community. Mm-hmm. So one thing I did was I sponsored a young under-12s football um, girls team. Mm-hmm. And... On their tops, there's the logo, lo- my logo. So people are starting to become aware of that logo. So when they see it at a shop front or they see it on a bag, they're now starting to get familiar uh, with me. Yeah, because again, you know, when, when, you're, when you're bringing strangers on, it could be organic content that can help reach new people. It could be whether you're doing your ads or whatever you're doing, but it's just doing it in a way that's tasteful for people who are not aware of who you are. Yeah. So the first step is they're a stranger and you want to bring them over to the next step. And the next step really is that they become, uh, they start to engage with you. Yeah. So someone has seen you uh, and they're now just taking the step to say, okay, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to like, or I'm going to click on the ad, or I'm going to comment, or I'm going to send them a DM and that sort of thing. So yeah, what things have you found at that stage where they start to engage? 
So like you said, people are now asking questions. If it's on somewhere like Instagram, um, they start asking questions like, are you taking on patients? Do you provide implants? Do you provide composite bonding? How much um, composite bonding per tooth? You get some people that are price shopping. So people start to ask these questions. And basically what's happening is you're now able to highlight services that you offer and the type of dentistry that you offer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, at this stage, you know, you're still, you know, they're still kind of getting to know you, what you're about. And at this stage, it's really important to start to build trust yeah. uh, with them, kind of saying, okay, you know, these are the kind of treatments that we offer. But they're not just these are the treatments, but these are some examples yeah. of, of the people that we've treated. Um, this this is a normal thing that we do. This is who we are, blah, blah, blah. You're starting to, to build a bit of trust there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and after that, you know, they, they then start to uh, becoming a lead. So now they've said, okay, you've told them a bit about yourself. They said, okay, I'm interested. Mm. I'm interested. So at this point, it's either, you know, they're saying I'm interested in coming in for a consultation. I'm interested in having a video consultation, a practice consultation. Um, mm. And at this stage, I mean, from your experience, what have you found normally blocks people from moving on? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think um, part of it is if you failed to build a rapport mm. during those back and forth conversations, maybe you've been too direct mm. um, and you've not fostered some sort of um, relationship in terms of um, them getting to know more about, you know, how you are as a clinician, um, how you work as a clinician. You're getting a feel for how quickly you respond to their messages. Mm. They messaged you, you know, five days ago and then you reply them now, mm. that's not really gonna make a good first impression. So I found that you're gonna be responding quickly, almost instantly, that's the generation we're in. Um, and that usually allows the conversation to go well. Um, also being able to um, hold their hand in getting them to your clinic, now that they've shown that they're interested. So you could simply just say, copy and paste, here's our number, you phone the clinic, book in. Um, or you could um, get their email address, get their number and get the clinic to then phone them and sort out um, an appointment. I mean, there's no right or wrong way, but you're being intentional about walking that um, lead to the point of becoming a patient of your clinic. So making sure that you can even check up, you know, after some days, hey, did you manage to bring the practice um, or did you manage to get a phone call from the clinic? Um, have you managed to book in? That sort of thing. Being intentional about nurturing um, that lead. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because and and I, and I wouldn't even want to bring any any other new points because I think that point that you made, being able to respond quickly, I found that working with dental practices, this is where things normally fall down. Mm. Someone has raised their hand. They've given you their name, their phone number, you know, uh, their email, and said, "I'm interested." You know, it's it, good practice is really to contact people within five minutes yeah. of them raising their hand saying, I'm interested. Yes. You know, if you could do it within 30 minutes, that's good. If you're doing it two days later, you know, they, they're probably it's worn off a bit now. They think, oh, yeah. do I really need that kind of thing? But if you're responding as quickly as people say, I'm interested. Yeah. And then like you're saying, you're, you're, you're following, you're nurturing them, you're calling them, yeah. or, you know, you're interested, 
uh, coming to the practice. We're really, you know, we're yeah. good to have you. Would you like any more information? Have you got any questions? Yeah. This is where the practice is. If it's a Zoom link, this is the Zoom link that you're going to need to yes. come in and that sort of thing. And this is where it's good to have your team involved mm. because you can't do this alone as one um, clinician. You need your team on board so that as soon as um, an inquiry comes in, you're able to pass that on to another team member that can do all of this very quickly. So it doesn't have to be you doing every single thing. Brilliant. And obviously the Become a Lead now, we've, you know, we, we've talked to them, we've built a bit of trust with them. They're like, okay, these guys can help me. Now they've come in, let's say they've come in for that final consultation. They're in the practice and this is where you're, you're the supremo at this yeah. stage. So like what other things? So what normally stops people from now taking that final step to becoming a patient? Yeah, so at this point, you know, they've shown that they are interested. Sometimes they've even paid a deposit. They really want a service um, provided. So here, it's about not dropping the ball um, and making sure that you listen to their concerns. You truly understand um, where they're coming from, um, what type of result they want, not what you think they should have or what you think they should want, but what did they want? And then you using your clinical experience and training to then work with them to set expectations and map out how they can get to their end goal. So I think here it's more about really building that rapport even more, um, taking your records um, and not rushing anything, just making sure that the patient is on board and you're going at the same pace as you take your record, diagnose and start to form a treatment plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at this stage, I, I really do believe it's all about listening to the patient. Mm -hmm. If you, in the, at this stage, if you talk more than the patient's talking, yeah. then they, there's something wrong there. But if you're allowing them to express what they're, because patients don't, really care about all the tools and all the different yeah. things uh, you know all we want is i want to look good yeah. i want to be able to walk go to that wedding go to my friend's party and yeah. smile and feel confident yeah. i want people to look at me and think wow you look good yeah. you know that's what people care about they don't care about all the little intricacies obviously you can, if, if they want to know more about that tell them more about that mm -hmm. but at this stage, you really want them to talk about what they want, ask yeah. them all the questions. This can be tough because, you know, that might be one of the last patients you're seeing for the day. Mm. And then, you know, you're just ready mm. <laughs> to go home. So, I mean, I can, I can empathize there. Uh, but we have to realize that people have taken time out of work to come to the clinic. Um, they've had to rearrange their shifts um, to be able to make it to your clinic. They've driven, taken the train, whatever it is to make sure that they come to your clinic. Um, they've paid a deposit, maybe a consultation fee. So, you know, people have actually invested a lot into being in the chair in front of you. And um, I think if we just realize that and respect people's time and investment into seeing us, I think um, you'll be able to see more in terms of conversions. Yeah, absolutely. The Aligner Blueprint, a starter guide to your first 10 cases. The ebook is now out. If you want to get your free copy, make sure to check the link in the description. And I think after this, you know, they, they've become a patient of yours. Mm. And I think this is the, the part where it gets really, really exciting. This is the part where 
you shine. This is the part where, you know, things really happen. Because mm. people often think, oh, they're a patient now. Yeah. I can treat them how, oh, they've accepted. They're starting yeah. treatment, it's fine. But I think at this point is the most critical mm. because the experience they have and what they say about it after has a huge mm. impact on what happens. Mm. You know what I mean? This is where, I think this is what differentiates the practices that, you know, do loads and loads of cases and the people that do one or two here and there. Mm. Because at this point, once they've become a patient, how they feel about you after they've become a patient, mm. they, they, they're going to talk about it. Mm. And people are more likely to say when they've had a bad service yeah. than when they've had a good one. That's true. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and what, what do you think, obviously, from your experience as a dentist and working with the patients at this stage, how do you mm. find it? I think one thing that can happen is information overload. Mm. So... All this information that the patient has received, um, they don't know what to do next. Mm. So I found that you have to be able to, again, hold their hand to the next step. They've got the information, um, ticking the records, you've thought out a treatment plan. You've got to be able to then say, okay, so this is how we're going to get to point Z. But point B is we need to, I don't know, get your dental... Um, hygiene under control. We need to get you flossing. We need to get you in a good place to have the more advanced treatment. So have the end goal in mind, but then chunk it down to say, right, the first step is this. I need you as a patient to focus on this because patients want just to want to know, okay, what should I do next mm. to get this going? So make it very clear what that next step is, whether that's going to be payments or uh, booking the next appointment just make it very clear don't just assume that the patient will leave the surgery alone go to reception and know what to do and then reception are trying to guess what the conversation was in the surgery so it's just making sure you're holding that patient's hand the whole way through yeah yeah absolutely yeah and again you know all, all of those things mean a lot to people whenever we've we've spoken to a, a lot of patients when they're talking about testimonials what made a big difference for them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the littlest things, the fact that they could contact you easily. That's one of the things, like, for, for you, that's one of the things I've heard a lot of patients say, which is, yeah. I could easily contact him after I became, if I have an issue, yeah. I can send him a WhatsApp message and he'll mm -hmm. respond straight away. And it's almost like, throughout the whole journey, they feel like you genuinely care yeah. about them. Not just, oh, I've taken the money now, mm. on to the next one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's very, very important. And it's not my personal WhatsApp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a business WhatsApp that's linked to the practice landline. So there's a phone um, which has got a business WhatsApp that patients can message directly to. Um, and we're able to respond quickly through that. So, yes, I think patients want to know that they can get in touch with you um, immediately if they need to ask you any questions. And most of the time, no questions are really needed. Um, so don't be afraid that you're going to get loads of questions because you've opened up that door. It's very rarely that, you know, you get a lot of questions throughout the year through WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, it's, you know, it's and it's, it, and it's, it's people are now going to start talking about they've had their treatment mm -hmm. and all that sort, sort of stuff. Another thing is, if someone says, I am really, really happy, you, got, you guys gave me an amazing service, ask them, can you do a Google review? Are you happy to do a video testimonial? Most of the time, if they're really happy with the service that you've given them, they will be more than happy to do that. Mm -hmm. And really, it's how you see. You can either see the testimonial as a way to make loads of money, 
or you can see it as it's a way to help other patients who had the same problems. Mm-hmm. Even how you communicate it to them, it's it's literally they are genuinely helping other patients who have the same problem that they did, yeah. so that they can you know get the solution that they have, so that they can be as happy. Yeah. as you are and we all want to help each other we all want to see other people happy so yeah and patients are going to speak the language of your prospective patients better than you will ever do mm. so they'll say things that another prospective patient will be able to relate to more than you could ever do as, as a clinician so testimonials are key i find in my experience it's best to time the um, testimonials if they're video testimonials to happen as you're finishing treatment so within the last two um, appointments. Um, Because what you don't want is to have your final um, appointment where you've finished everything, and then you're asking them to come back for a video testimonial out of their own time. It's gonna be very hard to collect and accumulate testimonials that way. So maybe on your second to last or your last appointment, use that or prime your patient to say, at this appointment, we're going to be doing finishing off your treatment, but we're also going to do a video testimony if that's okay with you. So make sure you're making it convenient for the patient as well. Um, again, the last thing you want to do is to do the testimonial six months later or eight months later when it's out of their memory. Make sure to get the testimonial soon as soon as they're finishing their treatment, they're really pleased with their result and everything that's happened, it's fresh in their memory. Yeah, because really at this point, again, they're going off, they're happy telling the friends about it. You have a review with them, talk to them about how that went and that sort of thing. And really at this point, again, I always say to people, you want to do all, all your marketing efforts, I think, culminate here now. Mm-hmm. And this is where really you can really make an impact on a city, on your city, on your town or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's when people are going around saying, I went to Dr. Such and Such. He was absolutely amazing. That's what really pushes the numbers higher than, you know, you've ever seen before because you're getting families. Because I, I know you've had, you know, football teams, yeah. you know, telling all their teammates and yeah. now you're treating all their football teams or yeah. you've had families, yeah. their dad and their daughter and all of these. Different yeah, I find, you know, local football teams, you know, you'll treat one of the guys that plays um, football and then he'll tell his friends and I get another one of you know them come have treatment. So that works very well. Uh, I think one of the areas that people can sometimes drop the ball is the fact that this big treatment plan is finished, but that patient still needs a dentist. Sometimes the patients come to you for big treatment plans, but they don't have a regular dentist. You can have that conversation that they can come back to you um, to see you. And then you've got a lifelong patient. Um, so have a way of being of opening the door that patients can keep coming to see you even after the big treatment is done because they might just see you as you're the implant dentist i've had my implant that's it when you can offer much more in terms of a lifelong uh, dental care um, so i think that's really important thinking about the lifelong dental care um, of that patient one of the ways i do it is with aftercare appointments so i ask my patients to come back at six months and 12 months so i can make sure that things are still looking good. And that gives them time to consider becoming my lifelong patient. And also the question that some people ask is, how should you, and if you should, how should you ask patients to refer uh, other people, their family, their friends? Mm. Do you regularly ask patients, say, okay, you know, when they're happy, Mm. you should refer your family, friends, that sort of thing? So normally what I do is um, I usually send them a, 
link for a Google review. Um, and in that, I always say, if there is anybody you know who could benefit from the treatment that you had, please feel free um, to, to let them know that they can come see me. So I open up that door, that invite to invite yeah. other people. And that's one of the ways that, that I do it. Yeah, and, and I think it's that's really good. It's just about doing it in a tasteful way, mm. not in a forceful way, not forcing them, say, write 10 names right now, <laughs> you know, of people that need to have this treatment. You're yeah. doing it in a tasteful way, mm. you're leaving it up to them. And really, if they're really happy, they will go and do it. And there is, it's people think, oh, but then that question doesn't seem to, you know, but it makes a difference because mm. now they're thinking, oh, actually, yeah, that's something that I could do for him because I really liked his mm. treatment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they are thinking of where they, there's this room of reciprocation. When you've given something to someone, you know, that they, that they really like, they're thinking of a way that they can help you as well. So. Yeah, definitely. So all the way from awareness, do people actually know that you exist, the services that you pro offer, and being able to hold that patient, that leads hand into becoming a patient, and then becoming a loyal uh, patient, and then a raving fan, somebody who's now telling other people about you. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, thank you very much for watching this video. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about this sort of thing, you know, go to the channel, podcast. We've got Instagram as well, uh, where we'll be, you know, keep sharing more information about how, you know, you can re keep reaching more of that uh, ideal patient of yours. Yep. See you the next one. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and leave us a review, uh, share this episode with others who you know would benefit and join us, connect with us on YouTube, on Instagram at Mastering Liners.